Hi, this is uh, Matt and Todd. Hi. From the Three Sides Show, where we cover the three sides to every story of world news, big events, conspiracy theories, and just general crap that we're all fed by the media around the globe. Our goal is to be objective and weigh up what the truth is, according to who believes what, and get you some answers or more reasons to question what you're being told. I hope you like what we're doing. Don't hesitate to send us comments, hateful or nice, as we'll use it all as reasons for new content and comedy on future shows. Thanks, Matt. Um, as usual, today I've picked some topics of absolute dribble that have been published on the ultimate newsfeed of uh, hypnosis and hypocritica. It's uh, news.com.au backslash world and what we're going to cover today is the Brexit backflip or non-event uh, straight into yellow vests in France and what they've been up to that everyone's forgotten about. From there into the Ethiopian plane crash or plane disaster which is uh, crippling Boeing as well as the poor people who died on the flight. Totalitarian tech which is something I don't think enough people spend enough time di discussing or thinking, thinking about. Celebrity bribe scandals, uh, bribes by Hollywood actors and actresses, although they've only named actresses as to how to get their children into elite colleges. From there, uh, ISIS brides now vow revenge. This is uh, from our last show, our first show last week. Uh, when they didn't get their way, now they're going to vow revenge and uh, hopefully have a jihad on all of us who didn't want to let them in. It's a shock. And finally, ISIS turns on itself. So the head of ISIS has gone missing. We'll cover that and how, apart from the brides who now want to vent their anger on us, ISIS are venting their anger on themselves. So let's kick off, Matt, if you're cool, with Brexit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Theresa May, she's a winner. Uh, this is the second time that, well it's probably about the fifth, that she's tried to force through the structure of the deal that she wanted uh, as far as a trade structure for Brexit and the populist vote, the referendum that went through the UK two years ago where the people, the voters, wanted to uh, leave or exit the European Union. Uh, it was a resounding vote, it wasn't just uh, by 10 or 20 people. And since then, Theresa May, who I have to vote is probably one of the saddest looking people you could see, or, or the person who's full of the most self-pity, went to British Parliament again um, overnight, or in the last 24 hours, to force through the deal, which was untenable anyway, financially and uh, economically untenable for Britain. Uh, the first time she tried, it was just over 250 votes against her. Overnight, it was... No, 242. How dare I? Pardon me. Overnight, it was 149 votes against her. The deadline for the Brexit is March 29th. This March, as in 2019. March 29th is when the hard exit for Britain is supposed to happen, the Brexit. And she got defeated. So what are your thoughts there, Matt? Well, I mean, this, if I recall correctly, this Brexit actually uh, was around the same time as the election of Donald Trump. It was actually predated it. Correct. So this is a wave of nationalism and populism that has been arising within 
Europe and America. You know, we've seen it with Italy, we uh, with uh, Salvini, and you know, this this is a trend that it it's being very much. Uh, there's a the powers that be are completely fighting to stop it. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, before the show started that um, the uh, London bankers and such there. They want to send the people back to the polls. It, it, basically, the city of London, which is the literally right in the middle of central London, the city of London is where the headquarters of all world banks or world banking and the headquarters of every international bank. Uh, the city of London, and I'm totally open to be completely wrong, discredited, although I have done some research, does not operate under the same laws as the rest of the UK. Uh, they are virtually like the Vatican of the UK, uh, where the Vatican's an independent state of Italy. So is the... Um, What's well, an independent country? Uh, 100%. It is a country. Believe it or not, If you, technically, if you looked at how the city of London uh, is operated and who owns and who runs it, it is an independent country within Britain. However, that is where the, the headquarters and the center of all world banking is based. It's not in Switzerland, it's not spread around the world, it's in the city of London. So they control who gets into parliament, they control everything to do with the UK, but they also control almost every other country in the world. And I think most people are led to believe that America is the leader in banking or America is a world power because of its uh, strong and, and basically dominant economy. All money is controlled out of the city of London. And the irony, and, and I, I, this, I said irony three times in our first show, but I have to say this. You just made a very, very interesting point, again, that I don't think most people are aware of. This is easily Googled, easily binged, easily Yahooed, easily asked jeeves If you actually go through the structure of the European Union, and what Brexit is being described as. So it will be uh, catastrophic for the UK. Uh, they have no trade deal. This is what the vote was about in the last 24 hours in England by Theresa May, who I have to say is just, this is not a personal damning of her as a human. She's useless. She, she is probably the worst prime minister I've seen in England for give or take at least 15 to 20 years. She, she is a non-entity. She has no strength, not because she's a woman, because she just, if she was a leader, she would have got this through, even though it's untenable. But the irony, again, not to repeat it, is that of the two separate parties, the European Union versus the UK, the European Union is in the biggest threat as far as trade deals, as far as uh, crumbling union. So if you look at the likes of just purely on immigration rather than economics, uh, Hungary completely refuting and refusing to abide by it. That's Hungary. Yes. Not, not a major power economically or strategically. Hungary completely refusing and, re and refuting any abidance of the signed treaty as far as taking in refugees into the European Union. Um, they are one of seven European nations that have actually said the same, they're just the loudest, and they're the ones who have actually said, no, we're putting the doors down, no one's coming in. Italy is another huge one. They've stopped the, Correct. the boats coming across the Mediterranean. They're turning them back, which yeah. is what Australia did. Everyone That's looked right. at Australia and said, we're archaic, we're barbaric, um, humanitarian organizations who are uh, 
suspiciously funded by a whole lot of people who are very uh, the opposite to humanitarianism. But if you look at Greece, if you look at Hungary, if you look at France, if you look at so many really powerful nations, and also why Angela Merkel had to step down, didn't choose to, had to step down and not re-elect in Germany, it is for the same reason. Immigration. Immigration. Now that's point one, whereas Brexit is all about, even though it was voted upon by Brit Brits or the um, United Kingdom populace, the people of the United Kingdom, it was first and foremostly about immigration open borders and that's what they wanted to stop the people the actual voters wanted to stop the just the unfettered immigration well uh, this was prior to uh, as i recall conversations with uh, brits um, here the their big thing was uh, poles correct the polish more than half of poland lived in the united kingdom right. um, you you couldn't go and order a pint without ordering it in polish uh, in, in anywhere in England. And that was very true. That's, and, and that's not being xenophobic about Poles. That was just one particular race that was too evidently overpopulated because they just had open slather to move to a better economy. Now that Poland's economy, believe it or not, is very strong. And again, uh, these aren't precise because I don't have the figures in front of me. I think 30, a minimum of 37% of immigrants people who have emigrated from Poland to the United Kingdom have returned <laughs> because of high pay wages and because of open um, and growth in employment. However, Brexit's now only, it's not being painted as about immigration, it's only being painted about trade, it's only being painted about who will uh, the UK or who will Britain do business with. It's, a, it's the fear of the unknown is huge in this. And the ongoing theme of today's show, Three Sides Episode 2, will be fear. Uh, the, the fear that is being propagated, created, and funded to make people, to distract people from the reality of what the real issue is, is what's being pushed. So the trade fear, and I, I, Matthew, you, you definitely find this interesting. When Donald Trump was first uh, elected, uh, not just nominated, first elected, every specialist, every expert predicted that within two months the American stock market would crash, correct? That was the crash. That was the talking point. The economy was. The dollar done would crash. The cr dollar would crash worldwide. Don't vote for Trump. Don't He'll vote. ruin the economy, was the. Unemployment would be at, uh, you know, records. Yeah. Yep. The opposite has happened. So. The way the government, the people who run England are actually pushing this is self-interest. They are literally funded. They're placed in their roles by the central bankers of global central bankers in the city of London. They have no control. They have no spine. They are liars. They literally are. And this is back to three sides. And this is what we need to look at is why are they now? Because they can't agree. And this is let's say the second major defeat for Theresa May in Parliament, the Houses of Parliament in England, why are they now saying we need to go back and have a second referendum? So if people are allowed to vote, which people have died for, fought for, all around the world in every nation, if they voted and made a decision, why do they then need to second guess their decision? <laughs> well, there's a, there is a quote in here, uh, in this story from uh, news.com.au from 
the CEO of one of the world's largest independent financial advisory organizations, says the only credible way to end Brexit gridlock and give UK and global businesses much needed certainty was with a second referendum. According to Nigel Green, the founder and CEO of the DeVere Group, politicians have proven themselves to be incapable of resolving this impasse in Parliament. I'd like to, you you mentioned uh, Theresa May earlier. Her heart is not in this. This is not, she doesn't want Brexit. No. Her husband, I believe, is a very wealthy man himself. Correct. So the self-interest, her self-interest, the the leader, uh, supposed leader of the British government, she's not... She doesn't want this. She, there's no strength shown. There's there's nothing to do with a commitment or making something happen and being a leader. And that's what a leader means: actually doing the you know doing the tough thing, going the hard yards when no one else can. So, I would say she's a Trojan horse. I, I'd say she's worse. She's she's back around to what we didn't cover in our first episode. She's a finger puppet. So, mm. the 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 situation for the three sides on this story because. This directly segues into our next story, which is the yellow vests in France in particular, even though that movement has spread throughout Europe and throughout the world to India, to multiple countries. Back around to the will of the people. Back around to a referendum, my ass. Why would you have a referendum when you've already had one? Was the first one a trial? Was that it? Just to see who'd turn up? (laughs) So if you look at that story and we'll look at the three sides what we're being told is it the smartest decision that they were forced to restructure only a week ago don't forget the actual deadline is in two weeks 29th of march so why three weeks out after two years of knowing it was going to happen why would you try and force through a deal that was financially devastating to a country you lead But the story is, okay, the boss got rolled. She didn't get her way. Everyone's saying, no, we'll go back and ask everyone now again, are they sure? Are you sure that's really what you wanted? Even though you said resoundingly that's what you want. So the story is that Britain should go back to a second vote as to if they still want it. The second side of that is why do British people want to exit Europe. So first side of the three sides of the story here, uh, the UK isn't getting its way, its government isn't leading, it's not actually doing what the people asked. The second side is the people have asked for something, but no one's doing it. No one has done a single thing. Uh, The Nigel Farages, the people who were on the side of the British public who stood up, probably quite smart in the fact that they've stepped aside from their parties because even their own parties that stood up for British people and the voters suddenly turned on their leaders almost to death threats and literally um, 24 hour, seven day a week protection to stop them being assassinated. And these are not major leaders, these are opposition party leaders. They stepped aside because no one had the courage to stand up for the popular vote and push it through. So there's two sides. Number one, why is it failing? And why have we been told everyone has to go and vote again? The other side of the story, the second side is, why did people want it in the first place? Was it economic? Yes. Was it immigration? Yes. Was it because they thought they were losing their sovereignty? To unelected 
politicians uh, not even in the country. 100%. And I'd use the direct losing their sovereignty did not Angela Merkel say we have to give away our sovereignty? Yeah, nations need to give up their sovereignty for the greater good was the... I can find the quote in here. But that she's the most senior and the most powerful leader of the European Union. Correct? So she's actually... Well, Germany is... She is at the moment. She's... Yeah. Economically, at least. Correct. So she is the one actually saying exactly what the British public, the voters of Britain, said they do not want to do. Hence why there was a Brexit. And I believe Germany is also the largest by far... Uh, recipient, correct, recipient okay. of of refugees, especially Muslim, not again, not just targeting Muslims, but the highest percentage and the highest numbers of taking in Muslim and Middle Eastern refugees. Okay, so they're the two sides. Number one, why isn't it going through? Is it economic? Number two, and also why are they being asked to revote? Second side of the story, which is the original side, is. Why do the people have to check whether they made the right decision or not when they've already made it? The third side, okay, the third side that, again, everyone should not, our opinion, just making a suggestion, that everyone should take some time out and think through very solidly or research is why does a country, the most powerful country in the world, still monarchy, uh, ran, owned and ran the Commonwealth. Why does a country with such history and heritage like the United Kingdom have to second guess itself publicly and question its own people and still not get anything done? So who would be behind that? Who would be behind defying the voters who put you in power? Who would be behind suggesting maybe you made the wrong decision? And what's the outcome? So the third side is, if in reality, and any economist could work this out in about seven minutes, if Britain's actually in the strongest position of any European Union member, strongest, even stronger than Germany, believe it or not, uh, because it has the world banking heads and capital in the middle of its capital city, London, then why, what are they scared of? losing power they can't lose power because they control the financial system of every country in the world who's going to take power off them the only thing that people should be searching is why would the leaders of the city of london and the leaders of every major bank in the world be concerned about bringing back their sovereignty to their home nation is this one world government we're talking about? Well, good point. So why don't we, as a parallel, go to our second story. Matt, is that okay? Yeah. Yellow vests. And this is just a French yellow vest. It's the very first. So everyone's forgotten how many weeks. It says in this uh, news report, which... Um, Was it 17 weeks? It says 17 weeks. The, the strangest thing is probably about five weeks ago, I read a story and it said it was 15 weeks then. So... They're playing down the number of weeks in news reports. If you, again, research, it's almost half a year. So it's 20 plus weeks this has been going. So half a year of the people of France, the workers of France, the lower and you know, the, 
the lower class and the lower middle class, the actual people who keep the country operating and keep its tax dollars and its GDP going and provide it. Hence why they have to wear yellow vests. That's a law, by the way. That's why they're wearing them. So not the elite, not the people with money are still protesting. But this week we get a story that is just so left field, but back around to the voice of the people still haven't been heard. Same as the UK. So the story is Yellow Vests ransack Masonic Lodge in French Village as protest gets out of hand. And it even shows us a video. Now, Matt and I both love comedy. We like, love a laugh, Matt. Who doesn't? Yeah, sure. If you want a decent amount of comedy, watch any Theresa May speech. So if you look at the video, and we're looking at RT.com. This is where we found the specific uh, article we're reading about. It looks as if it's a Keystone Cops ransacking of a Masonic Lodge. <laughs> there, we counted, there's give or take 20 chairs in the room. Three have been knocked over. Um, Sarah, more like placed lovingly on their side. Placed lovingly, that's, that's far more accurate. Um, ceremonial candle stands have then been carefully, not upended, carefully no. placed on top of, up, you know, um, knocked over chairs. All the art on the wall is still in place. Yeah, not even, it's still square, still sitting perfectly, not even slightly askew. Um, there's no graffiti. There are no smashed monuments or any artifacts. There's no desecration of the throne and the the major chair um, yeah. on the, on the what is that? Is that a... A dais, perhaps? Dais, I think that is a dais. So it's a raised area with, you know, like uh, an altar w would be there. Matter of fact, I think in the video or in the picture, it might actually be an altar that's been overturned carefully in my. And what are these school? They look almost like uh, school desks. Like they're, I can't quite make it out from the picture. But yeah, these are, it just doesn't look like someone who's actually angry and uh, no. upset went through and ransacked the Masonic Lodge. That... So that brings us to the, the parallel between Brexit and now we look at France, which is just across the ditch, right? So why is it, let's call it 17, but it's 20 plus weeks, hundreds of thousands of protesters still protest every week about how their living conditions, the tax that's placed on them, their decisions, their will, why they vote politicians in. Mind you, have I covered the fact that when's the last time you heard anything from Emmanuel Macron about this? It Oops. certainly hasn't been on the mainstream. Finger puppet too. Hmm. So Married to a woman nearly twice his age, which yep. I think is very interesting. Very brave choice. So, correct. So back to the, the general populace of a very large European nation that is now in utter turmoil. Uh, and also uh, Macron is one of the leaders against and trying to force a nasty Brexit for the UK. His protesters, all of a sudden, which just does not, and as anyone would know listening to us, we do not believe in coincidence at all. Hence our coincidence theory. No such thing. Suddenly go out and gently, this is after throwing rocks in, in the uh, Champs-Élysées, all the main streets, uh, 150, 200,000 protesters. It looks like three people in evening slippers have gone into a Masonic lodge and tipped over three to four chairs gently 
and made a story up about attacking a Masonic lodge slash temple. This to me looks like bullshit. Mm. This looks like trying to someone who's against the yellow vests has tried to set this up to stir the pot or to make it look like they've they've now focused on anything that's Masonic or Jewish or anti-Semitism. But no, you know, not that everyone in the Masonic lodge is Jewish at all, but to try and create a distraction that the yellow vests are now almost Antifa-like in their rage where they'll attack any uh, symbol know, of um, symbol um, you know a site it's like attacking churches anything that would upset a new faction it doesn't add up the stories don't add up the video is rubbish <laughs> well there's a there's a tweet here from France's interior minister Christophe Castaner, you have to use an outrageous accent. Exactly, you're, like you're from Allo Allo, that, uh, you know, good moaning. Hmm. It says, after the Jews, the Freemasons, he tweeted, uh, in French, obviously, not uh, English, but uh, alluding to alleged anti-Semitism within the ranks of protesters. When stupidity encounters intolerance, it is the worst. Castaner also accused the Yellow Vests of having no other project than hatred. So this is the response from the French interior minister, not Macron. No, Macron. So three sides. The story, because you will virtually find zero coverage outside France, the story has died down. They're not covering the fact. There's no um, news.com.au backslash world story every week of protest numbers grow. Uh, there's also no coverage of how many protesters have been shot and killed or injured or uh, anything mm. else. So it's really, it's as if it's gone away. It hasn't. It's doubled. It's got bigger. You have to really look for alternate sources to find this information because the mainstream here in Anglo countries is uh, actively not ignoring, you could even say, the, the story here. It, it, again, they've made it go away. So the only story you get is all of a sudden a government minister, and it's led by him, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be just using his tweet only, is that uh, the protesters are only motivated by hate. Their only project is hate. This whole thing started about the taxes put on them for gas. Which were a result of the influx of migrant and, and going on the, uh, the social programs. Uh, most of the taxpaying people of France were, were quite happy about the fact that their money, uh, they could barely afford to live. This is what they've been saying. And you've got foreigners uh, taking living in really nice places, whatever the case may be, they're just not happy with the situation. But I don't know. Would you consider that is that hate, or I'd say it being upset uh, as to the open borders, aka Britain. So immigration first, which is what Brexit was based on. So they're no different to uh, the yellow vests. Next stage, it became economic, correct? Which is what they're pushing Brexit on now and saying that the trade is going to cripple the UK. Well, it won't. Uh, the Yellow Vest protesters uh, actually started their entire protest about the additional taxes that were put on them, which would make their standard of living 
untenable. They wouldn't be able to survive. They would hardly be able to feed themselves based on the result and the impact of immigration that they had to fund it. So exactly the same. No different, correct? Yes. And the final thing is the yellow vests are yellow vests because the government made a certain class of worker, made it law that they had to own and wear, they had to own two yellow vests, not one, they had to buy, everyone had, it was a law, it still is. They had to own two yellow vests and wear one at all stages when they entered certain parts of Paris Mm -hmm. and major capital cities in France so that they could be identified as to what they did for a job. Do you recall what the... uh, I thought it had to do with if your car breaks down, you have to put one on, but apparently not. No, no, we'll do do a separate... I think the Brexit, considering the next two weeks, we'll do a direct comparison between the yellow vests and Brexit and the referendum. But just for now, it's a brand new law. That's why they wore the yellow vests because they had to. So it's the only way to identify that they were working class and they were French peasantry, basically, was how the French elite referred to them. Hmm. And that's why they wore it, because they were made, so therefore it became their new armour. Okay? An identification, a means of identification. 100%. They were, it was a law. So therefore, the three sides. This story... Uh, yellow vests ransack Masonic Temple uh, French government minister tweets out that they're just motivated by hate and anti-Semitism okay and I can tell you I know a lot of Masons and they are not in fact none of them that I know are Jewish and they're not anti-Semitic because the Masonic movement was started the Temple on the Mount yes in and around the Israeli faith but they, it's not about Judaism at all in fact almost the opposite they were accused because of Roman Catholicism and the Church of England when around but when Masons were accused of being part of Jack the Ripper they're actually completely anti-Jewish so this whole story doesn't make sense but the best thing and this is comedy so three sides side one is the story you're getting fed on your newsfeed that everyone looks on the Insta or their Facebook or wherever you look whatever source and it's Oh, the yellow vests are bad. Now they're attacking churches or they're attacking sacred sites. We'll call them that, right? So secret societies as well. Well, right? Masonic's are secret, but by the same token, um, next thing it'll be churches. So therefore, because they supposedly attacked the Arc de Triomphe, there's a number of others at mm. the start, and that didn't work. As well as the central banks. Uh, Correct. Well, uh, that was obvious, France. which is, directly correlates to the City of London, right? Didn't hear that... Uh much about that on the news of course well all you heard was that then they were going to attack the central banks by withdrawing their own money from mm. their own bank accounts and had a 200 franc limit of their own money that they were allowed to draw. So in other words they're not allowed to take their own money out right so side one yellow vests are bad and now they're attacking um, the masons and any other sacred or uh, sanctity site. So they're, they're, they're motivated by hate. That's their only project. But according to a government minister who's obviously very uncomfortable about the fact that they are not happy that he's in government. <laughs> well, so, um, I wonder what um, the British um, leadership would think if the uh, British people suddenly rose up and did their own yellow vest uh, movement, if they would be painted in a similar light. Well, I can tell you, 
you run a second referendum and that's what's going to happen mm. there are already yellow vests in the uk yes but if you start it's back to poking the bear so that's going to be the uh back to the previous story that'll more than likely be the propaganda that correct if you vote for brexit then you're a hatred hatred filled uh, you're racist only, yep, nazi that's that's it which is exactly how they're trying to paint anti-semitic exactly how they're painting the yellow vest so side one bogus story hilarious and pathetic photos and videos side two is why are the yellow vests still protesting well they were uh, macron made his uh what they thought that the the yellow vests were after he made his concession it didn't that wasn't actually the problem no it was a a temporary band-aid uh, as as can be seen by the fact that these protests are continuing so side three our, our part and your homework for this week is what's the truth what would can you find and i honestly defy in fact it's a challenge anyone to find a story that covers this properly what would stop the yellow vests protesting uh, I would say, can I give my own? Yeah, opinion? yeah, yeah. That's why you're here, man. Well, my, from everything I've read and the research, um, I would say Macron leaving and perhaps a new leader. I, I think uh, Marine Le Pen has been uh, smeared recently for. For no reason. For better or for worse. I well, mean, she, no one's perfect, right? I mean, look, I know she might be considered the closest to a Trump candidate, you know, uh, supposedly a populist. She's, she's a bit more far right than him. But well, yeah. the, the party ha does have roots in the, um, was it collaboration with the Nazis? Yeah, yeah. But that being said, so you're saying a change of leader? Yeah. I think it's a change of government entirely, not leader. Well, it, it, ideally, I mean, that, who do you, who can you put in? Okay, so can I say, so we've just done France, cut off its head because no, no matter what Macron has offered, so he, he, re, he reversed the taxes, he gave them an extra bonus, brought it ahead three years, where they all laughed, scoffed at it, because basically it's a false promise. Right. Then you've got Angela Merkel from Germany. Stepping down. Already gone because of exactly the same reasons. Yep. Okay. So they're the two largest countries in the European Union. Two biggest economic powerhouses. So why are Britain scared about getting out of a union with those bastards? What, where's the downside? Doesn't, there isn't doesn't one. appear on the horizon. Did, did Britain need everyone in Europe to be their friend and their mummy and daddy when they formed the Commonwealth? No. no, well, they were pretty much enemies with. Hundred uh, percent correct. They France went to war a with historical them. enemy. Yeah, of yeah. The and Germany, they had a couple of wars with them. Yeah. So what's the big deal? And this is what the people want. So that there's your three sides for the French story. Is what's the truth? Why is this still going? What needs to happen and what needs to change before the yellow vests stop? So there's three sides. Okay. So next story. Hopefully that's enough food for thought. Next story, and whether you're going to like it or not, and I know it's sensitive because people might have relatives that could have been on this plane. I'm going to cover the Ethiopian plane crash. 
and I hate to say it, but, well, I don't, how bogus this is. So here's a, the latest and greatest, most technologically advanced, think of that word, technologically advanced plane to be in the skies. The same plane that every leading airline worldwide, made by Boeing, the world's largest and the world's biggest and strongest plane manufacturer. Within six minutes of takeoff, the plane forces itself into the ground. I'm watching the video while we're sitting here right now. The plane overrode the, this is according to reports, not me making it up. The plane technology overrode the pilot and basically forced in, in basically a, a, a system generated crash six minutes after taking off now that has not only killed a lot of people um 100 plus 157 people of multiple nationalities which is also interesting why the you know a plane out of ethiopia um would have so many different nationalities on it so there's we haven't really delved into why they are all they, they weren't all tourists but you know it's a good way to get a, a viral story up in multiple nations is to have multiple um, nations or your people on one plane that crashes that's the most advanced plane so boeing who would be if you go to the industrial complex competition um would be head and shoulders above any of its competitors in military contracts in uh, domestic route uh, airline contracts has now suffered the same fate as Coca-Cola did when there was a scare over having sugar. So the world's biggest brand has been brought not only to its knees, it's about to have another couple of swords through, put through its shoulder blades and down through its heart. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, we've got uh, Trump, President Trump in America. Uh, he, he sent out a, a couple tweets about the whole thing, talking about the complexity of let me just read these quickly. Airplanes are becoming far too complex to fly. Pilots are no longer needed, but rather computer scientists from MIT. I see it all the time. Uh, always seeking to go one unnecessary step further when often old and simpler is far better. Split-second decisions are needed and the complexity creates d danger. All of this for great cost, yet very little gain. I don't know about you, but I don't want Albert Einstein to be my pilot. I want great flying professionals that are allowed to quickly, easily and quickly take control of a plane. So this was the president's tweet, which is interesting The uh, to, first of all, be chiming in on a matter like this, sort of. Well, it, it, but that's the point. It went viral. Hmm. So, And I understand that Addis Ababa is a, a hub, an international hub, hence why there would be a lot of different nationalities. But they weren't all travelers. This is the point. What you know, it's it, this is too coincidental as far as, and we don't believe in coincidence, as far as why it happened in the most world's most advanced brand new plane, why everyone is now claiming that the training isn't up to scratch or it is too hard to fly this plane. Well, Matt and I both know that any pilot, irrespective of has to go through so many levels of training to even qualify. They don't train them while they're flying passengers around before they know that they're not only capable, but can manage any difficulty 
with a new system, any difficulty in flying, and actually emergency procedures. And reading this, according to the air traffic controller's recorded voice exchange, the pilot recorded flight control problems. So he was having difficulties with the flight control of the airplane within six minutes of takeoff. The plane, and you can look at this video, this is on news.com.au, the pinnacle of reality and truth, supposedly. The plane went up in the sky, the control system and the computers of the plane, which, by the way, can be uh, run and operated by someone not in the plane, as soon as it got to its expected height, so the flight looked like it had taken off perfectly, everything was perfect, the plane then drove itself into the ground. And according to the article, it uh, corkscrewed a couple times as well. Correct. Uh, let me see if I can find the point, uh, which I think is, they had an eyewitness who said that there was smoke coming out of the back. This was in a rural area? Yeah, where it went down it was, yeah. Clear weather, six minutes after takeoff for Nairobi, and saw smoke coming from the plane's rear before it crashed in a rural field. And the plane rotated two times in the air. So this is a, a passenger plane, jet, rotating in the air twice. Within six minutes. Within six minutes of takeoff. That's unusual so most planes when they take off and land are on autopilot um, and that's a fact you can google that because it's stock standard so the plane systems are designed that they take off the the pilots both the pilot and the co-pilot are there in case of emergency yes seriously I, I, they're backup systems that's essentially. that's what they are they are human fail safes so this plane is either being it, 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 could, it would have gone through so much testing. This is not a one-off. Though now that's why everyone's you know cancelled their orders, not just put them on hold. This plane has been purposefully engineered to go up, fly through the air briefly to make sure it can fly, so it's not like just a dud, and then programmed, whether by onboard computer or remotely, to actually fly into the ground. So <laughs> it, it is. It's obvious. Three sites, and also a viral message across the world that everyone hates a plane crash, but this one doesn't make sense. And in addition, the economic and business impact on Boeing, who, by the way, are competing right now with Lockheed Martin, mostly, for so many military and domestic um, airline contracts. This is trillions of dollars worth of contracts. And their brand their worth and their share price and everything to do with the company has more than half. Similar to this flight here. Well, exactly. It's gone down faster than it, yeah. So the three sides. The story we're being told is it's a shocking, and it is, but a shocking and mysterious, almost MH370-like, except we know where the plane parts are, um, plane disaster that has sadly killed 157 passengers from all over the world from point taken from all over the world there's a couple of notable nations that didn't have any citizens on the plane but we'll leave that so there's the story so 
Very. You don't want to go into that for this episode. Not right now. We're trying to be time perfect on this one. So, drastic and dreadful plane crash with no explanation in a brand new world's most advanced plane. Side one. Side two of the story is, how can this happen? What went wrong? Was it a malfunction? Was it the pilot? Um, well, the the what the um, the word has come. Yes from the, the last words of the pilot that he was having difficulty with the flying controls. Like he literally controls. could not override the controls. Right. So he was shut out of the plane he was operating. That's right. They were they were wanted to turn around at that stage, but he couldn't he couldn't he turn no it around. control. Correct. So side one, sad, horrible plane crash, people dead. Yes. Side two is pilot, him who trained heaps to be really good at flying things couldn't operate what he was flying nor could his co-pilot and he was radioing this to control so he's well within you know radio coverage it's not like he would the french flight when it was off the northern coast of africa that crashed where it wasn't being monitored mh370 wasn't being monitored because it was in the black or gray area where it's not actually on radar this is within six minutes of minutes of takeoff well, he, you were telling me earlier that uh, there have been changes to global uh, air traffic monitoring because of MH370. 100%. They're no longer in uh, these black spots. No, they're, they're not unmonitored anymore. They're actually constantly monitored so that at least they know where the plane is if it does crash. So we obviously know where this is, six minutes up, but I bet the pilot never thought he was going to fly a plane he couldn't fly. So this side two. Side three... And this is our sign, which back to homework between now and episode three, is how can this happen? Imagine how many thousands of hours of testing before they could even consider years and years of testing of this plane and this type of plane, this model, before they can consider selling it commercially. Okay, there's step one. Step two pilot's training of any new flight system and any new plane is never done with humans on board it's done in simulators before it's even got close to doing it in the actual plane point three pilot's training is and i could have this percentage wrong but i'm trying to indicate is give or take 30 to 40 percent actual flying and this and the systems it is 70 or 60% disaster recovery and emergency recovery of operation. Well, uh, I've, I've actually been to the uh, Boeing uh, plant in uh, Arizona near um, Mesa. And I've, I've been in, I've worked with the people, you know, as part of uh, training for working on Apache helicopters, but... 20 years ago and this is not they don't leave these sort of things to chance they've got brilliant engineers uh, you know the the I, best the best in the world that's what they, they have to be that's how they got to be where it. they are correct so i i see a lot of um blame as being paced on this mcas and flight control in general because there was a a flight roughly a year ago lion air correct disaster you know, and that and this is that plays into the reason why these flights are being um, grounded. In but 
you know, it, it, I find it very interesting that um, a, a pilot uh, who was speaking to the AP in regards to the disaster said that he'd never seen anything like this. Like, apparently they found an, one engine and the flight recorders, but they're going to need heavy equipment to dig out the... As it, it's, the as fuselage this, uh, has speed into the, the ground. Yeah, he, the quote is slid directly into the ground. So they say they've got an engine and flight recorders. Yeah. So that's a bit unusual. Well, normally they'd be obliterated at that speed if the rest of it. So it is, it's very what are, <laughs> The old joke is why don't they make the whole plane out of what they make the black box out of, right? So to the, the third side is how could this happen? Think about it and start, instead of just taking things on face value, instead of thinking, oh, conspiracy, what happens if, actually think it through. So think what a drone is. That's something that you actually can only control remotely because you're not in it. Thousands of miles away sometimes oh, as well. More often than not, thousands of miles away. Right. So therefore... Well, and you can the see technology it. definitely exists. Therefore, if you can fix a drone, if you can fix a drone, irrespective of where it is, without people on it, how much more serious is fixing a problem remotely? Because they have remote access to every plane, believe it or not, passenger plane. How hard is it to fix it? But it's six minutes away, which is bugger all. By fix it, what do you mean? Though? Someone controlling it from not being the two people sitting at the pointy end of it, looking out the window. Well, we we're pretty sure that there are methods to control things. Override operation. Tesla cars, for example. Yep. You know that this is a uh, these are issues. Uh, these control surfaces being hacked, I guess you could say. One hundred percent. So if it's as easy to write the plane and fix it remotely, is it not just as easy to do the opposite? Yeah, you'd have to assume that a party with that has uh, access the to the to benefit as well. You got it. Yeah, what, so, I, I, so if you're at a competitor to Boeing, the world's largest aircraft manufacturer, manufacturer and developer of air, you know, aircraft engines and technology, if you're their competitor and Call me crazy, but knew how to hack this system? Well, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the Bond movie, where that's that figures into it. The uh, Spectre, yeah. Where the um, the terrorist is looking to disrupt the, the maiden flight of an aircraft in order to... Uh, there were shorts. The stock of that company was being shorted. Correct. And Daniel so, Craig's Bond saves the day by yep. the skin of his teeth so but all made to look like a terrorist a random terrorist attack right like a random plane crash hmm. so okay so that was the three sides and here because we're coming to the close we're gonna to have to cut off a couple of uh, pretty decent subjects we'll get to them next episode however what a parallel the rise of totalitarian technology <laughs> say that three times real quickly but straight off the back of God forbid someone can control a plane and not be in it. You serious, Matt? <laughs> so can I read this? Matt found this particular... I love this. I, I don't like it at all, but I love the fact he found it and the way he found it. So 
is technology progress bad for the human autonomy? That would be like the plane autonomy, wouldn't mm. it? Can yes. run itself. Very similar. That's the question posed by someone I don't even want to try and pronounce their name because I knew it would do it incorrectly. In the age of surveillance capitalism. Okay, mm. back to the plane there, my friends. So in the United States, I won't go through every single word, but in the United States, total tech, just to abbreviate it, can be sorted into three different categories or spheres of life. So listen to this. Consumer services, that's everything you, Matt, and I, and all the people on those planes, that's what we do. <coughs> Amazon. <coughs> Second one, the workplace. So that's people who have employees. So anyone who has a job, that's the workplace. Doesn't matter whether it's out on a building site or it's in an office. And the third, government and politics. So tell me what other sphere, other than animals, who don't have an iPhone and don't have Alexa by Amazon, tell me what other spheres there are. So. Well, you've got private life, you've got work life, yeah. and you've got governments. So, so the people who run us, the people who hire us, and us. And the people who represent us. Yeah. that's So basically, they even name, and this because it's a totalitarian tech, it's total tech. So basically recording every single movement, every word, every type, every search, where you go, everything. And this is what I, I was talking to my 18-year-old son the other night. He goes, yeah, everyone knows that. Which is proved he just, he, everyone knows it, knows what. But what's the, what does it actually mean? What I think does it's it what's mean? missing. Why would anyone do that? So I'm just going to read this because Matt alluded to it. But uh, Total Tech is pervasive in an increasingly data-driven world of retail. Well, it's not just retail, that'd be consumer. Personalized pricing enables retailers, blah, blah, blah. That's all good. And it says here, digital assistants like Amazon Alexa store your query history, meaning they know everything from your unique shopping history to your travel patterns, to your music preferences, to what you talk about, and to everything in your home life. Well, I'm pretty sure if it knows when you say, what is, what's the keyword? Hi, Alexa. Yeah. If it knows to listen for that, well, then it's listening all the time. That's what. It when does it? When does it stop listening? It doesn't. It's always listening. Yeah. It's but so basically, and because we got to wrap this up for time. So you look at this totalitarian tech. It's the most unsexy news report. What's this on? Zerohedge.com. I like these because it's not a picture. This isn't. Oh, look! It's not a comic. This is a real story. This is based and written by people who are actually in the industry that know why it's built. They probably worked on designing and building it and they're commenting on how out of control it is. <laughs> that it's everywhere. It's not just America. It's just written by Americans. It is uh, one of those things where the second, well, third headline, uptake of total tech has been particularly striking in government and politics. This isn't conspiracy theories. This isn't Big Brother. This is, you know, Alexa, turn on the oven. Alexa, turn off the light. It, it, who's got one? Apple, Google, Amazon? Who else have them? Well, uh, those are the main ones that, that we're aware But there's, of. There's, there's, there's Chinese ones, there's Samsung ones. There's, so no matter who you are, everyone's going to have one now because they're Your just too phone, lazy. Yeah. Yeah, the, these uh, tracking, uh, the Amazon, uh, everything that, the, usually anything that runs off in your phone, 
will also oh, use laptops, the GPS. Laptops, iPad. Windows then. Cars, Windows, exactly. Uh, Mac, I'm sure. Yeah. There, you know, we, there's been at least five backdoors, if I recall correctly, that have been found in the um, iOS yeah. uh, in phones. Yeah. So, yeah, these, this is a pervasive, ongoing issue. And the fact that they've now proven that even when your iPhone, which I have, Matt has a Samsung, um, your iPhone is turned off and you're not touching it, it's still, and this is not me making it up, so back to the three sides. Side one is, well, big data is the key word in business. Big data. How do we analyze big data? How do we... Uh, that's for patterns, behavior. Correct. Right? That's the whole point. So there's, that's what this story's in and around technology. All of the companies and everyone else going and, and people themselves. How do we analyze big... They used to call it big data, but it's now just data. Why so, do you think that uh, data caps are rising all the time? Correct. Yeah, so you used to get one one meg, and now the lowest you can get is one gig, and if you've got, you know... They're practically giving it away, yeah. 20, 30 gigs a month. So side two is, if everyone's wondering how to interpret their big data, let's just call it data, interpret it and analyze it, does that not fully explain that they've been collecting it endlessly? And that's people who don't even know how to analyze it. The companies, oh, we've got all this data, we don't know what to do with it. That's just individual companies. So back around to totalitarian, which means all-encompassing. It's ruling, govern, you know, governing, and every single facet of life. Totalitarian tech. These stories come out, no one reads them because they don't have a really cool viral picture. They don't have an excellent video. They're not a meme. However, side one is... Everyone's talking about data and what you do with it and how much you use. Side two is, why the hell do you need it all? Is this just like people hoarding old pieces of paper and scrap? No, this is being used and analyzed and absolutely driven behind every action down to the point of having voice activated devices to make your life better in every home. Just in case you ever had a whim where you might need Amazon to, you know, buy something at the touch of a hat, you know, just right immediate access, you know, that it's so important, you know, this is the world we live in. Supposedly. And, and it, you can't escape it because you, as I just said, you turn your phone off and don't touch it. It's still recording. It still knows where you are. And the proof of this third side, if anyone wants to test it, this is the easiest way to do it, right? Because obviously we've both got laptops and phones sitting in front of us while we're recording this show. So if you want to test it, because this happened to my daughter and I a week and a half, two weeks ago, what you should do is have a conversation with one of your family members or even really screw with your own head. Have a chat to yourself out loud. Don't search anything. That's too easy, right? Predictive ads. Talk about something out loud whilst you got your laptop open or while your phone's sitting near you and then... I'd say two to three minutes afterwards, go on to either Facebook or any social media platform or search something in one of the major search engines and see what comes up beside your search based on purely what you just said. Advertising, you mean? Yep. And th that's just the personal side of it. But that's the proof. Yeah. Which is people go, oh yeah, I know all that. It's like, well, okay, you might know it, but 
Jesus, how did something that you didn't actually ask the question, so you didn't put in the search term, you were having a conversation, not through your phone, hmm. how did the phone suddenly know to put an ad up on that? Well then, what we get into is privacy, you know? 100%. Privacy, where, what is privacy important? You know, like if you don't have anything to hide, then you have nothing to fear. Well then leave your bank statements out on your front doorstep, um, don't do your washing in the washing machine. Just put your dirty washing out in the front doorstep so everyone can see it. Um, you don't need doors. You don't need windows. You don't need curtains. You don't need clothing. Why don't we just all live in one big happy community? That would be like Euro European Union. Private you mean like property. That? I mean, who really needs that? I mean, well, no one obviously anymore. So the third side, and we'll have to wrap up as much as we have two more pretty decent um, Isis brides vowing revenge <laughs> um, is try your own experiment. Don't Google, don't search, don't whatever search engine you use, talk out loud about it. And then three to four minutes later, go on your device and actually search something, anything not related to what you've just been talking around and you will see an ad for it. Well, Think I about what that means about your life. <laughs> I'd like to actually know if anybody is able to, you know, to try that out because my my search history is just it's already been nuked. So yeah, uh, we're obviously blacklisted because of what we talk about. But yeah, that's how it works. So what do we need to add? Episode two, three sides. Hopefully, you guys are all enjoying it. Please um, send us comments. We what what platforms are we going to be on as of this week? Well, we're on Spotify. Uh, another one that we just, just I got notification that we're added through, but, uh, well, let's see here. Anchor. Yep. Anchor.fm is what we, is essentially the... Uh, podcast base, yeah? Yeah, the podcast base. We, we don't have a website just yet, but we will be doing a Facebook, uh, no, uh, probably not Facebook, based no. upon our last topic, but... Um, YouTube, yep. same thing, but... Until we get blacklisted and then blocked. Yes, you know, for, um, for having a different opinion. Uh, but yeah, well, if you're listening to this, we'll give you more information. Find us, yeah. 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 Come, come find the truth. Three sides to every story. Uh, in that I think Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M is a... It's a good starting point. And we'll be adding more content um, weekly, if not daily, before too long. And we're trying to put videos and stills and links and everything. It did, you know, again. We're not trying to hide anything here. No, this is, no, no, the opposite. This is actually uh, research that we've found on the internet. There's no subscriptions. Uh, we, you know, we, we don't have a, a membership to any particular news sites. This is all just simple research. This is the, the, we look at the sites that everyone else looks at for news and then we interpret what it really means. Rip so it apart and find out like what made it tick. Yeah. Looking for the third site. So that's our episode two, Matt. Episode two. Wrapped up. Another good one. Thanks everyone. And speak to you in episode three. Good stuff. <laughs>